This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Well, they got a little funny in there. Welcome back. (laughs) Oh, jeez, it's another... No, I like a little theatricality at the top of my podcast. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. I'm Vinny Caravella, joined by Brad Shoemaker. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, wow. I like it. Alex Navarro. Oh, jeez. Welcome back to this here <laughs> podcast. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Uh, so what did, when you're doing that, what are you thinking in your head? Are you, like, doing gill? Are you, who are you doing? That was, like, halfway between a gill and a Fonzie. I don't know exactly which okay. one I was going for. That's just kind of where I ended up. There's, like, a bit of, for me, there's a, there's a slight, and this is probably just coming from New York, Archie mm-hmm. Bunker in it all. Like, yeah, okay. Oh, oh, geez, Edith. You know, like, in there. And then, you know, less nervousness, more just kind of. Oh, anger! You just Welcome to the podcast, Archie. <laughs> oh, no. You just, oh, no. you just oh, made no. me realize I, I don't have any idea where all in the family was set. Where, Queens, I think. Is it? I think oh, it was. Is, is that right? I think I it looked, was. Sure as hell, looked like Queens. Huh. All right. Um, we are recording this podcast, Brad. You're recording on a new 
adventurous setup here. So uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> I left. Yep, got this fancy new MacBook Pro for the express purpose of plugging a microphone into it. The there most, you go. The most expensive mobile recorder ever purchased. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true, but it's probably up there. Mm. The um, but I just want to say that out of the gate because we have no idea after two hours how all of this will work, and if something goes wrong, you heard it here first. Something went wrong. Something was. <laughs> well, you know why. Um, and then I have to punch we're, in and say, "Hey, something went wrong." We're actually yeah. recording two podcasts. One where one goes, something goes wrong, and something yeah. where everything goes normal. Don't say that. No, it's fine. It's got to be fine. And Max it, record audio all the time. And then at the end of this process, we'll know if the drift in my recordings is coming oh. from my PC or my audio interface. So here, I'm going to say this publicly, and then because there are a lot of smart electrical engineers out there. Uh, Brad, Brad has an issue on his. It's a Motu, right? The I forget what the it's actual. It's a Motu M4. Okay, where um his recording over is a predictable amount of time shorter uh than our recordings, and over the course of an hour podcast, it's about a half second off. Um, and then over the course of a full co- podcast or two hour podcast, it's about a second off. And we tried every setting, every driver on the PC to go. We didn't try different software yet, but then I was thinking, and this is where the electrical engineering part comes in. What if Brad's, it's powered over the USB uh, bus. What if it's undervolting the Motu to cause the internal clock of the Motu to not get enough voltage to make it just slightly slow enough over the course of an hour to two hour podcast? Mm. And I want to know the engineering side possible i i suspect if there were power issues i would be getting way weirder stuff than just that happening but that's just my never never know usb usb is a funky system Mm -hmm. man usb's got it's got the funk i don't know man i thought i heard it was the universal serial bus so it should just work with everything right true no except that there's like eight permutations of it yeah, we really fucked that one up. Also, yeah. the permutations are orthogonal to each other, because orthogonal because like there are physical permutations and also digital ones, and those things go. don't line up. You know how or- there's like how dogs used to be wolves, and then we got involved and we fucked all that up, and now mm-hmm. there's all these dogs. Yeah, that's what we're doing to USB. Yes, yes. There, USB. Was, there was one USB. It was universal, and then now we now there is a bulldog version of oh, USB. It was, it was never universal. It has respiratory problems. Oh, don't, don't you don't don't even get me started. They USB was <laughs> USB was bad from the start. Anything with a consortium. If you if you mm-hmm. are part of a consortium, mm-hmm. it's probably it's probably either evil. Or you're making bad peripherals for for computers. That's right. You're doing, you're doing poor licensing. Yeah, unless you're right. drug smuggling, I don't think you should be a part that's, of consortium. That's, that's right. Yes, the perfidy of digital and computing consortiums is well known. It's uh, they're they're bad news. Um, Are you saying I we was, should have stuck with FireWire? Hmm. Let's not be okay. hasty. Okay. I didn't I didn't say I think it all it, it came and went at serial ports. You do, you know you you have pins there that you can physically see with your eyeball. You have a diagram that maps the pins, and you're like, "Well, look, this serial port just plugs in here. What are you pushing out over these serial p- uh, over these pins?" And it sucked, and it was fine for nothing. It sucked in a way you could understand. I still have to use serial ports for some stuff, it, and it, it it sucked in analog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I added a serial port to my NAS uh, a year or two ago. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> Fantastic. That, Do you have a USB to serial yes, port adapter? Is, yes, it is a serial to USB port that is plugged into a Raspberry Pi. 
The best of so, both worlds. And I've got a screen session that runs on that Raspberry Pi. Yes. That I can console into whenever I feel like and watch that thing reboot. At 9,600 baud. I set, the, I set the buffer of that screen session big enough that I can scroll back through about like 20 reboots of that machine. Nice. At any time. Plug and play. I like to have fun around here. <laughs> we, we like to have fun here. I was going to complain. I was going to get on here and complain more about dates in JavaScript, but I feel like we've already sucked up the oxygen for complaining about uh, weird, yep, nope. esoteric we've, computer stuff. We have exhausted our tech budget. What else you got? Um, what can I you complain w- about in meat space? Uh, oh, I God. can complain about um, I'm still waiting for the ground to thaw so I can dig my six-foot hole so I can put dog poop in it. And uh, um, wait, I need wait, do you to- bury? Well, I I want to I want to dig I want to put that um like my own little septic tank for dog dew in the backyard. Basically, it's just like a hole, a, a big you know post hole in the ground. Nope. You know what? I hate this line of of talk. Let's go back to the analog no? sucking. You sure? Okay. Listen. So there's an ISO week and then there's a regular Gregorian calendar week, mm-hmm. and they're not the same. How are they not the same? When I looked up the released week for Memoir Blue in my system, and it was different. For one calendar to the next calendar, hey, I'm not just... Ugh. Do you know what ISO stands for? International Organization for Standardization. Yeah. That sounds suspiciously like a consortium. I think it yeah, might be. Yeah, it really does. Um, Blofeld is back there, like, do it, getting, doing his machinations. I love that, like, the second you're like, hey, we need to find a more normal talk- topic to talk about. You're like, okay, let me tell the world right now about the hole I want to fill with dog shit. Well, that's... <laughs> Is this so you don't have to, like, plastic bag it? What's the objective here? Yes. Well, yes. I was waiting for... I was going to give Alex a beat so he could do his backdraft. What do you want to do with all the dog no. shit? You know what? No. <laughs> you don't deserve that joke. I've also I've done it three times in probably the last month, so I'm not doing it it's again. I think that must be why it's on the front of my brain. What do you want to do with all the dog shit? Right? <laughs> burn it all. <laughs> I don't want to burn it. Oh, I bet it. you could. I bet if you dried it out enough, you could burn it. Hey, I bet oh, that would make... smell amazing. I bet the neighbors would nah, love you. That's like cow patties, right? That's yeah. what they you use them for uh, fuel. That's cow fine. Oh, patty. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yes, it's so I don't have to bag it anymore because it's, I think I, it's just, it's a, you put, I put all my dog poops in the backyard and then we put it in the doggy, the, what are supposed to be biodegradable doggy bags, but then those go in a trash bag that's never mm. going to biodegrade. So then it's just somewhere in a landfill is a bag sitting with a bunch of dog dew in it. And we can, av- I can avoid that situation if the dog's just pooping in my backyard by just putting it in a dang hole, putting those enzymes down there and letting nature take its work. Now, hang, hang on. Do you expect there to be an equilibrium between the, let's say, dog's fecal output yeah. and the yeah. rate of decomposition? If you, if you got a deep enough hole. Of said right? output. If that hole is deep enough. Is, is, is the material going to degrade faster than the material is produced? What's the worst that happens? I got I got dog dew in my backyard. It's mm. happening anyway. Mm-hmm. So I I hope so. That's why next, that next thing next thing you know though you got a six foot subterranean column of dog poop to deal with. That's right. That's right. That sounds really appealing. Very appealing. I hope you never sell that house because if they ever for any reason have to dig up the backyard, some poor contractor will oh, be like, oh god, what? No, <laughs> it's just, no. It's just it's just oh. the case. It's just a column of this. It's like when they do those core samples from, 
from icebergs, but it's just like, oh, <laughs> uh, we could do, we could date the history of mankind from this six foot core we took out of Vinny's backyard. Oh Truly my God. Incredible. <laughs> just two thirds of the way down, we discovered a stratum of Alpo. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Alexa, well, you could tell that this is, this was a deep winter because of what the dog ate here. Uh, anyway, uh, that is enough about that. But anyway, the ground's too hard for me to dig it. And I, I ain't post hole digging that thing. I got to go get a big old auger and dig, dig deep. We, I got to hit a Balrog before, uh, mm-hmm. before I start filling that. Yes. Thing you've with- dug too deep and too greedily. And what you discovered was something terrible. Now I know why that, bal- <laughs> why that Balrog was so damn mad. You know what I have <laughs> to deal with day in and day out? Dog shit falling on my head. People just dog shit. You These goblins deep. just shit down here. Do you understand? <laughs> you shall not pass more burritos or anything else onto this Balrog's head. I'm they just assume you. that I'm going to burn it off. But you know what? At the rate they're shitting, the number of goblins we got in here, I God, can't just, do that much work. Just go ahead and let me across the damn bridge. Just please. Just let me go. I need to leave. Um... We've got some games to talk about this week. Oh, thank God we're pivoting. <laughs> yes. We're going to talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. We're going to talk about Weird West. We're going to talk some about Ghostwire Tokyo, which I thought you finished. I thought we were talking about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Nice. Nice. My dog's name is Kirby. Yeah. Nice. That's the joke. Um, we were talking about Weird Western Jersey. I don't live in Western Jersey. No. It doesn't work. Uh, we're talking about Lost Judgment, the Kaito Files, and uh, a little more Tunic. Uh, and we're going to get to all that. And then the news. So let's kick it off with the game. Yes. Um, I'm sorry. I was thinking what I don't want to call this marker dog poop, but nope, definitely what I'm calling it. You've made, uh, you've made this shitty bed lie in it. Nice. Thank you. Uh, Kirby and the forgotten land. If you've skipped right to this, I don't blame you. If you saw a marker called dog poop and skipped to Kirby, I don't blame you. It's okay. It was the right move. I'm, I'm not offended. Uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land came out last week, March 25th, um, $60. It's on the Nintendo Switch. It's a Kirby game. I find it very cute. I find it very easygoing. I find it not that challenging mm-hmm. and maybe not super engaging, but... Agreed I on all points. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I'm at, too. I don't know if I, <clears throat> I'm not super familiar with uh, the Kirby series, but it seems like a very go collect the things kind of game. Yes. Uh, and so the setup in Kirby, the forgotten land is you are Kirby. You enter a kind of, um, you wake up ruins, on a beach. Why, literally. Like, why I, yeah. do they, I mean, I haven't finished the game, but do they address why you're in a post apocalypse? Like you're, it's like horizon. I mean, you are literally <laughs> in a city overgrown being reclaimed by nature because all the people are dead. Like malls and stuff. Some right. people, when we were doing the stream, said there have been other Kirby levels that have been the ruin in the ruins of civilization. So I don't know if this is if Kirby's just supposed to be like a post-apocalyptic tale. I, I mean, don't Kirby know. can't die, as we all know. Yeah. So maybe he's just the entity that survives yeah. past our existence on this <laughs> earth. I is it like a uh, near? Did the, did the Kirby developers play near and just be like, oh, we need to do this? I assume that's what happened. Okay. Uh, so Kirby Kirby wakes up and then he kind of goes. Uh, the Waddle Dees are trapped by uh, other cute enemies, and then you kind of save the Waddle Dees. They build a town, mm-hmm. and then um, as you save more Waddle Dees, you unlock other shops and upgrades, and you can upgrade your abilities, and that's a lot of fun because boy, if Kirby didn't seem overpowered at first, after you upgrade some of those abilities, Kirby really is giving it to him. Kind of wreck shop. 
Uh, what else is in Kirby the Forgotten Land? There's a co-op mode, which I played a lot of. Probably played more co-op than I did the single player, where you can play as Bandana Waddle D. Okay. Uh, and uh, Bandana Waddle D has a spear. Does he's not the, he's inhale the guitar things. Player. Yeah, that's right. You can tell because of the bandana. Um, and he does not. Uh, he does not absorb powers. So it's it's not one to one in the co-op mode. You're kind of just playing along with Kirby there. Right. And then there are some other challenges off the beaten path, which get you the gems, which you use to upgrade your powers. And those are those are probably the most challenging thing I've found so far. Or the, um, what's it, like the Golden Road or something? I forget exactly what they're called. They're, they're, they're treasure challenges yeah. where, they're, where they're timed and they give you a certain power and you have to fulfill uh, a requirement. And I think that, for me so far, again... I've played not as much single player as co-op, but I, that's what I've seen a lot of in that game. So yeah. do you know how many Waddle Dees you and your family have collected at this point? Because like the town, um, the little, the little, the base yeah. camp you're building up, there's a bunch of like piles of rubble and it's like, hey, when you find 50, you can turn this into something. And then when you yeah. find 70, you can rebuild this one. I, like, have you, have you rebuilt a bunch of those structures? My son has. I, what are uh, those? I don't remember because usually I put the controller down when he's in town because there's not much for me to do and go like do something else and uh-huh. then come back. Um, you also cannot do the co-op during so, the uh, is challenges. Your, is your son upstairs? Could we could just yeah? Maybe no, we just ask him real quick. <laughs> yeah, wanna, I want to. Hey, hey Max, what does that stall? What does that seventy yeah. waddle D stall do? I want to know. Like, is that a shop? Oh, he got he got the second uh, uh, gotcha machine. There's a uh, version two of the capsule machine. Uh, so I know that was one of them. It's. It's fun. It's pleasant, but it's, it's um, fine. Yeah, it's a little I, I mashy, know. maybe. Yeah, it's 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 very straightforward. It's very it's pretty simple. Like, yeah, every Kirby game I've ever played has been some shade of fairly easy. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. So that's not totally unexpected. I mean, the big novel thing here is that this is a three D open yeah you know, open environment platformer. Right, like the last environment. What, two three Kirby's have been side scrollers, right? Yes, I think so. I think if we're, I don't know. I didn't play all the 3DS ones, but I feel like the novelty here is that they are doing their version of like you know Mario, 3D platforming type stuff, but with Kirby. To be f- and that stuff is fine. Like yeah. it's good. Like I I think the level designs generally have been pretty all right so far, and I've I've been enjoying my time with it. But I went in with fairly level expectations for like what this game was actually going to challenge me on, and so far it has met them. What the f- I, what what. I just pulled up a list of Kirby games over time. And Dude, it's there are like so many. Dozens. There are so what? many. And a lot of them are, are handheld games. Like, a lot I, of them uh, are yeah. DS, 3DS. Yeah, I mean, this is going all the way back to the like Game Boy and NES, of course, because Kirby has been doing it for some time. But mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't die. But, yeah, fair. Yeah, you're right. A ton of these are 3DS, DS, Game Boy, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, dude, there, are, there, there have to be, like, 50 Kirby games on here. <laughs> he is an incredibly prolific hero. Uh... Also, I was going to say, I'd, I also started mixing up the Kirby and Yoshi side-scrollers at some point. Mm. Like, Epic Yarn is a Kirby game, correct? Yes. 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 But, then but they also did a Yoshi version of that. Yeah. Oh, that's what, okay, right. That's Yarn why. Yoshi for yes. sure. Yeah. Yes, that's why those things. Crafted World, is that the yes, Yarn that Yoshi? Well, they think right. they did two of those with Yoshi. Um, yeah, so like, yeah, I, I don't really have that much to say about it other than, uh, it's pleasant. I think getting the powers is fun. I think getting the upgrades for the powers are fun. And I didn't mention, and we haven't talked about it, mouthful mode mouthful I think mode. Is, ve- is very fun, where Kirby tries to eat something that's too big for Kirby. But he still um, makes it work. 
but he makes it work. And like, sometimes it's used to different effects. Sometimes you're uh, in something that can traverse like a car. Sometimes you're just doing it to interact with an item and then you're done. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes vin- you're just a set of damn stairs. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Kirby uh, can really only absorb the living, right? Like all his abilities come from living beings that he has stolen the soul from. Oh, that's, that's what I assume. Yeah, whereas, you know, these inanimate objects, there's no soul to steal, so all he can do is envelop them and sort of make them a part of his physiology. I mean, Kirby really is terrifying. I, there there are parts in that game where you're just roasting, literally roasting people with fire, and they turn into little flame sprouts, and it's, Kirby is just smiling the whole way through. Like, I just, mm-hmm. he is a voracious eating machine. He's a, he's a psychopath, you could say it. Yeah, yeah, no feeling. Just zero, zero. You look in those eyes. You just see nothing. I mean, you, you know what they say? Like they, they, they are very good at emulating normal human emotion. Look at that placid right. look on his face. He knows how to fool everybody. He you is, wonder why why there are fifty Kirby games because uh, Kirby is the uh, uh, CEO and mm-hmm. he's he's got all the traits. He has taken the test. I think yeah. of him as nature's avenging angel. He is there to clear out what has overgrown where humanity was once was, so that the you know life can be reborn anew with the Waddle Dees. See, I think more that Kirby broke out and was the doom was the harbinger of of doom for humans. And like they invented a Kirby, oh, the Morning Star. Yeah, they invented a Kirby. It broke out, destroyed, ate everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the, yeah, we don't know Kir- where those humans went. Guess where they went? Inside that belly. <laughs> Kirby is the the Pharaoh plague of that of that universe. Mm-hmm. Kind of de- devoured everything. Uh, a thousand years later, Waddle Dees came about. Uh, maybe the Waddle Dees are the only thing that like befriended a Kirby, or a Kirby just can't eat a Waddle Dee. Maybe they have no souls. Maybe, maybe the Waddle Dees no are the ones that made him. Or summoned oh, him. Man. Oh, summoned him. He's a god. Or a demon. He's a god. A demigod. He's a demon. <laughs> it's a demi-demon. Demi-demon god. Yeah, uh, no, anyway. like, look, a, a god fucked one of those, like, uh, those those hostess pink puff cakes and uh-huh. then outsprang uh-huh. Kirby. You know, sort of like he's the Hercules, but, you know, sprung from tr- delicious treats. And he also, like, he also devoured all of the underworld. There's just nothing left. There's really There's nothing n- left. There's nowhere for left. dead people to go anymore. <laughs> That's right, except into Kirby. Yes. And that is, and that is it. And be pooped out or uh, turned into a lovely hat. Yeah. So, uh, so we've Kirby, already given you a lot more story than anyone is giving you in this actual Kirby game. Yeah. <laughs> the Forgotten Land out now, I think, is 60 bucks. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let me put it this way. It's, it's my favorite thing Nintendo has, like, actual game Nintendo has put out in the last year or two. Yeah. It's but to be fair, I am also I am I'm also not a Metroid Dread liker, so that mm. take take that with whatever grain of salt you need to take. Um yeah, it's fine. I I continue much like the 3D Mario's, I continue to wish that Nintendo would get a little more experimental kind of in the way that they did with Breath of the Wild in, yeah. th- in the sense that they've really kind of remade what a Zelda game is in a lot of ways top to bottom. Yeah, and and these games like the Mario, like Mario Odyssey, and this are a lot more iterative on what these series have been from the get go. Yeah, maybe the Switch is just too long in the tooth for that at this point. I don't know. Or, or listen again. I've seen a decent amount playing a co op, but the level design doesn't seem to really get into the experimental stuff yeah, that you're talking it's, about. It's like, pretty straightforward. Pretty how do you, but you know what? as a straightforward platformer it's pretty fun yeah it's fine if that's what you're yeah. looking for it's totally yeah. totally serviceable how do you find the blueprints because like you do those treasure roads like the challenge mm-hmm. side challenges to get the currency 
to buy the better yeah. powers, but you need a blue. I think you need like a blueprint, right? Or you I think there's you have levels. To, is that is it just is it just story based, just gated by story? I think I think they're just uh, hidden in chests in the levels. Like oh, okay. Model these. Okay. Uh, I think I could be wrong, but when I was playing with my son, I think that's where we kept finding him. Uh, he upgraded a. T- I think he's upgraded every power once. I don't know if there are multiple upgrades, but like I said, those powers become really. You're just yeah, like even that second level, even just like from the from the basic spitting a fireball one to like you become a living volcano, basically. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it's really just savage. Like you just yeah, like you said, laying waste is the term. Uh, and there's also a block I, which, which you know, and there's a dodge move if you're yeah, holding block. Like actually, now that you mention it, there is like a decent little amount of depth in the gameplay because yeah, like there's a block. I think it's just if you block and then hit jump, you do the slide right. Yes. And then you can yes. kind of do like after you do the slide, you can do kind of like a rising uppercut out of that. So there is, there's a, there's some mobility. There's some like actual nuance to the controls. That's kind of cool. And if you hold block and like slam the stick left or right, you'll do this dodge, which goes, puts you into slow motion. If you time it right. And, um, it gives you invincibility frames, I think. Um, and it's, but like when I was fighting that first mall boss, the big, um, the big gorilla, uh, you could just block through all the attacks and just keep spamming the bomb and just hold block when they do the attacks huh. and just keep spamming the bomb. And I beat him. I got it. One of the things is beat him in under two minutes or something. And I totally got that, that thing, which is, you know, I'm not looking for Kirby to challenge me, but it was interesting to say the least. Uh, Kirby in the forgotten land out now. Um, catch it. Um, I'm going to attack. Uh, let's, let's go right into uh, weird West here. Okay. Uh, and then and we'll, we'll take a break after weird west uh weird west is also um as of the time of this recording it's coming out on thursday uh it is 40 bucks i think it's on game pass as well uh it's gonna be on ps4 xbox one uh and and pc um and uh sorry xbox series x as well uh weird west Brad, th- you played some of this i think this game's potentially pretty rad it's like definitely going to be for a specific kind of person. It's Who is that kind Ar- of person? It's former Arcane. Like it's it's yeah. Raphael Colantonio, the guy, one of the co-founders of Arcane. I believe some other Arcane people also worked on this. You know, they worked on Dishonored and Prey. And I don't know if these specific people work on Deathloop, but you know that studio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very mechanics driven. It's an over, okay. It's an overhead CRPG, super system heavy Systemic, mechanics-driven action RPG set in a a weird west, <laughs> like, a weird version like, of the Wild it's, West. It's it's the Wild West, but very occult, like specifically very occult. Like yeah. there's demons and sirens and like devil sacrifice everywhere, and like people seem to live in constant fear of all kinds of awful things out there. Like it's interesting, like. Like one of the text pickups I found was very, it read very puritanically in terms of like, oh, absolve yourself from sin. But then at the end, it's not like, it's not like repent and, you know, uh, and receive the Lord's blessing or whatever. It's like, so the spirits won't eat you. Basically, it's like, like it's still got this very like kind of, you know what I mean? Like that very mm-hmm. American puritanical Gothic, Christian yeah. kind of uh, purity to it. But specifically because these people live with monsters and demons and spirits who will eat their children every day if they don't behave themselves. Um, uh, yeah, so the setup is Jane. Is that the protagonist? Yeah, I, I, I 
I assumed this would be a create a character, totally dynamic, just faceless, you know, make your character. But you play, what is it? I forget. Jane Bell, I think is. It's a, it's a named a named character with some story and some identity is the point. And that might change later on because uh, the setup is a little weird where you're 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 basically branded and it's just a mystery in the beginning but you're on your homestead you're an ex-bounty hunter who's buried her irons. Buried her irons. Yes. And her, then uh, her bounty hunter package is buried in the backyard cuz she gave up <laughs> the life and she, she has gave up the life. a family except then you see your child murdered by yeah by marauding the Stillwater gang. The Stillwater gang. <laughs> like they just straight up kill your child in the and first 30 your, seconds. And take then, your husband and yes. And then optionally, as they tell you with your, your, the next objective to go dig up your irons and resume the bounty hunter life to find these people, you can optionally also find a shovel in the barn and bury your son. Yes. Like and the dog. It's grim. Like the game is grim. Like it's all like overhead perspective and like it's the production values are pretty slight. Like it's pretty, like I said, it is mechanics first. Like there's not much voice acting. It's pretty like, you know, the animations are not super great. You know what I mean? It's got, yeah, I know. It's what got you a, mean. it's got a weird. Um, I actually like it. The uh, uh, when there's voice, there's no voiceover, but when there's text on the screen, it's its version of the uh, kind of Animal Crossing. Oh, dude, whatever, that, whatever, it's very weird. It, it's like the creepiest sounding <laughs> fake speech I think I have ever heard. It's yeah, really. It's, it's I don't. Weird. Even, I'm not even going to try to emulate it. Like just play the game. Like it's it's really disturbing it's, sounding. It's like uh, something out of um, Inscription, like that kind of okay yeah. sound design. Uh, yeah. And, and so you you kind of set off on this journey. Um, it's it's almost like a dual joystick shooter in terms of the aiming on on the weapons. So you you pull out your gun and then you use the right stick to aim. And you have a weapon wheel. So you have like your pistols, rifles, shotguns. Uh, you have some explosives you can uh, throw. The game is what I feel like the game is trying to do, and this makes a lot of sense. Brad, you set it up with the arcane stuff. I think it's trying to say go about this any way you want. Yes, one hundred percent. You can go guns brawling. You could shoot NPCs. You could shoot quest yeah. givers. They, I mean, it's telling you all this stuff. One of the tooltips in the loading screen very explicitly is like, hey, you can kill literally anybody in this game. If you want to kill yeah. every story NPC in this game, go for it. And, and so, and so, and there's a big stealth mechanic. The thing I have found so far in my playing is if you go guns blazing, it is incredibly difficult. It's the hard. combat is it's punishing. Hard. Uh, the ammo is very sparse. The, um, the, um, the kind of mechanics for cover they're there for sure, but you need to, you need to be ducking and in cover and uh, taking on enemies pretty quickly, but you'll run out of ammo. So I have found the stealth way to be the way I've been progressing, but also it's a little clunky for my taste, like the sneaking up behind somebody and getting the uh, knock them out thing. Um, doesn't always, they sometimes turn around right at the wrong second. And it's got a, a mini map that shows you a vision cone and that's how you're doing your stealth. And they get their, um, they get their kind of uh, Metal Gear question mark or, or uh, you know, that fills in like I'm looking for you. I, I like, I feel like I'm fighting against some of the systems so far. Uh, I, I like the world, but I feel like I'm not gelling with the mechanics of the game, and either because of I'm not getting it or they're just too loose. Like it, it needs like just tighten up the screws a little bit on some of this stuff. The shooting, I mean like the aiming is there's no lock on like you've got it's still joystick and you've just got a giant line of sight, but there is no it's not like it slows down or snaps two targets. Like it's very yeah. fiddly and easy to miss in the heat of the moment especially when there's like eight people running at you shooting. And there's some um, verticality in some of the levels where you're you're shooting down or shooting up which can also yeah. be a little funny. I, I like I'm guessing that A you'll get better at just managing the action and B like mm. the, you look at the skill tree there's all kinds of crowd control stuff there's like a 
like one of the first skills I bought was like, use this in a crowd of enemies and they will all fight for you for 10 seconds. Yeah. Like yeah. I bought the slow down time one. Right. Right. Like there's, there's yeah. multiple ways to slow down time. There's like evasion moves. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's very punishing up front. And yeah. It's going to take some, some getting used to, to get good at. But also, like you said, it is kind of a do whatever you want. Like it's, like I said, it's very systemic. Like things can become wet and then they take more electricity damage. Mm-hmm. You know, you can like knock over things of oil and that it becomes very flammable. There's lots of stuff you can burn. Kick um, over barrels, shoot it's lanterns. Got, yes. As, yes, as a game from the makers of Dark Messiah of Might and Magic, it has a kick as a core mechanic. And like, I don't know if, I think it was basically there as a tutorial. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a spot early on where there's like three bandits you're creeping up on and there's an explosive barrel up above them at the top of the hill. Mm. Did you see that? I don't know if I might have missed that one. Like, I just ran up there and I was like, I wonder if the barrels can be kicked. And sure enough, I just ran up there and kicked the explosive barrel off, shot it as it was falling, and it killed all oh, three of nice. them in one explosion. And it felt amazing. Like that. So maybe maybe I'm missing more stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, so it seems very much like you're going to be able to just, like, it feels very classic, like CRPG in that way to me. In that, in that, like, all these systems affect everything. Like enemies aggro onto wildlife, just like they aggro onto you. You know, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there are independent agents moving around. They all have their own routines that interact with each other. There are, you know, these different damage types and like flammability and stuff. There is the ability to kill any NPC you want. There's like theft. There's like the kind of, you know, Bethesda yeah. Elder Scrolls style. Like if somebody, if, yes, you have a reputation system. If somebody sees you steal this, that will affect your reputation. Or if you kill innocent people, if your reputation is too low, Bounty hunters will be looking for you if it's high enough, like you'll get discounts at shops. And I think some other stuff happens. You get, you get, um, companions. Yes. Companions will be willing to roll with you if your reputation is high enough. Like it's it's super flexible and lots of systems and the world map is pretty neat because there's a, there's a constantly running time. There's a Mm -hmm. time progression mechanic. Um, it seems to go pretty slow when you're in a map, like you, you load into like tiny maps, like small maps where actual action happens. Um, from this world map. But then when you're back on the world map, going from place to place, it'll tell you like, oh, walking here is going to take eight hours. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's and com- missions will have like a complete within right. or side so, missions. So do you, have, like, do you have that abducted blacksmith side quest? Yeah. I've only got I finished like, that one. Did yeah. you? I've only, so I've only, I've only got two days left on that. And I have So actually one thing, I don't know if this is no mission or what, but in the like quest list, I couldn't find a way to get any kind of text description on the quests. Mm. So like... I've got this abducted blacksmith mission with two days left, but there's no description at all of like, Hey, he might've gone to the Northwest or something. It might be part of the mainline story. So, so it's part of the main okay, story. Okay. That, yeah. Okay. So that one's not that big a deal, but like, I'll be curious if when you do that one, cause that was, that was the one that I was like, you know, I must be doing uh, something's not gelling here. Cause it's a big, it's a basically a big base with a lot of people running around. And this blacksmith is there in a cage uh, and you have to find the key. And I just spent like maybe a half hour sneaking up behind guys and pulling them into grass. And it, that to me just wasn't that enjoyable. Like I should say the game has a very generous quick save. Yes. They, um, they, they get in your face and say like, Hey, quick save. Anytime you, you want to use this to like kill that story NPC and see yeah. what happens. Use this. Yes. If you, you know, like that. Yeah. It's very generous like that. I was, I was making a lot of use of that, but like my first time out there, I started a fight with everybody. I was like, okay, let's go out there. And this is kind of fun, but like, you know, it was in, in a way that's like, oh no, I had all killed almost everybody and then shot a lantern near the blacksmith and he was in a cage and that was the end of the blacksmith. He oh, just no. roasted. <laughs> so wait, yeah. did you fail the quest? 
Uh, no, you know, the, yeah, well, the, yeah, they failed the quest, but I was like, oh, come on, I just spent like a half hour fighting, oh, and that's, that's I just reloaded back a little that's bit, amazing. but, um, yeah, so that's, like, kind of neat, but, like, also, like, ah! Yeah, I mean, that, uh, can, that can go both ways, of course. Yeah, so, yeah, that's fun, um, it doesn't pause a lot, so you gotta be, it's one of those things where when you're in dialogue, it's not pausing, so heads up if you're talking to somebody and you're stealthing around, uh, it's not pausing. I don't even know if it pauses when you're in... I don't know if it pauses when you're in a menu. I, think, I should double I think, check that. I think like in the inventory and skill tree it does. Okay. Uh, and yeah, on the overworld map, it's interesting. It's got this mix between... So the, the game has this mix between, let's say, something like a Dead Rising where quests have a timer, and then the overworld is a little like um, Oregon Trail-ish yeah, or other games. Exactly the comparison I was going to make. <laughs> where you're like, oh, okay, it's going to take me uh, five hours to get to this destination on the way. There's going to be maybe a random dice roll right. for like if I'm going to have an encounter. Like you might run into a traveling merchant or you might get attacked yeah. by coyotes or whatever, right. whatever might happen on the way and you'll get pulled into a map and do that. Um, yeah. you, you can make thing, camp. Yeah. That's the, the, that was the thing I thought was really cool. That is that there are destinations. You know, it's like, Oh, go to this estate where the mayor lives or go to this yeah. bandit camp. Those are icons on the map, but I don't think they spell this out. But if you just like drop the pin anywhere on the map, where there's no icon, you can go to that as a location and load into a map. And like, yeah, it's just the wilderness at that point. You and can you hunt. Can, yeah. So like, that's really extends the Oregon trail analogy all the way out of yeah. like, I'm just going to go into this random part of the wilderness and fight animals and get meat and cook yeah. them for a while or whatever. Right. And, but you know, and you're, you're choosing to burn time by doing that. Like it's a harsh game, just like the West. <laughs> but like it's awesome I, I think it's awesome that there are all these like systems and choices to make and and it it seems really neat I, i'm not super deep into it so maybe it all falls apart at some point yeah, but it feels rickety to me like there's something yeah. there's, some, there's something a little rickety about it where um uh and not the not necessarily always the good rickety like not the like oh it's bugging out like a little uh a little shaky but i, I don't know i need to play more of it i just I had a tough time in some of those areas and maybe I wasn't interacting with what they wanted me to interact with more. Um, but, uh, I, I'm curious to play more of it for yeah, sure. The I, setup I, is, is interesting. I also really want to check out more of it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's punishing as hell. Like <laughs> they, the first they time, have a, first time I got to what I assume I think is the last Stillwater camp. And it's like, there's like 10 guys patrolling around. And I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna stealth my way through here. I got one of them. And then the oh. second one, I set off the alarm and like yeah. all nine of them swarmed me yes. at once. You and can I, lose them. I, I, yeah, really, I, yeah. I, I, so I spent five minutes kiting this cloud of dudes around this bandit camp trying to figure something out. Oh, I think that's the mission. Smoked. I think that's the mission that I was just yeah, talking about. Yeah, where, I, think, I think it's okay. the same one. Yes. It, um, it's like if things go bad, they can go real bad. But but uh, there's some there's a lot of upgrade stuff. And I do have a companion now. But when you get the companion, it's pretty great, too. They're like, hey, your companion died. Don't worry. There are plenty of people in the weird west. <laughs> it's like, yeah. all right, you're just setting me up for like, I thought I was going to say like your companion died. Don't worry. You can resurrect them back at the whatever. It's like, right. no, uh, we'll generate some more for you. Get a shovel, dig a hole. You're, you're fine. Uh, so yeah, weird West. It's, I, it's definitely weird. Mm -hmm. Um, and it definitely takes place in the West. It's definitely in the West. Those Stillwater, they're up to no good. Uh, for sure. I mean, Bad like, things are, are happening. Yeah, Like even that little plot line, it's kind of awesome. Cause it's like, they come and raid this town. And you capture one of them and interrogate them and like, why the fuck did you do this? Like you guys used to just run ammo. Now you're running human bodies. What the fuck? And they're like, oh yeah, like a a demon basically came along and replaced our boss. 
<laughs> like we have a new yeah. boss now and he's yeah. going to eat me if I don't do exactly what yes. he says. Same as the old boss. And it's like, Kirby. And that like that's where the cool occult stuff comes in, you know, of like, oh, it's just a Wild West gang, except oh, by the way, there is this like cannibal demon that runs the gang now. Yeah. It Yeah, yeah. I I'm pretty into it so far. Uh I again I got I, I like the setup. I just think the mechanics I'm I'm rubbing up against in a weird way. I, I want I want to like this game more than I'm liking it, if that makes sense. This is a this is a, a Devolver published by Devolver. It's made mm-hmm. by Wolf Eyes Studios, which yeah. um, that's the, the that's the X Arcane people. Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, out as of the time of this recording, or uh, going up thereabouts. Yeah, thereabouts. End of this week. Uh, Weird West. Also, like I said, uh, I think it's on Game Pass. So if you if you are a participant in that. Look for it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. And Alex, you have wrapped up Ghostwire Tokyo. We'll get your thoughts on that, the yes. Lost Judgment, and some Tunic talk. So stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to, I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day. My busy schedule. Your time, which is worth more than anything, to find those subscriptions and cancel. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, when in reality, the number is closer to 200 My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander, rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back, and we're going to talk about some Ghostwire Tokyo. Now, we're going to try and avoid spoilers here, but Alex, I want to get your impressions on how Ghostwire Tokyo treated you. This one is a bummer, and oh, no. I, <laughs> well, it's okay. a bummer in the, in the sense that like there are glimmers of good things in that game, and there are things about it that I enjoyed. But the thing that we, I you guys saw when we did that stream, and you know, kind of what we talked about in the early goings of that game, never changes, never modulates, mm. never really finds a way to surprise you past a certain point. The gameplay. The gameplay, the story, everything oh, about everything. it. Everything. Like, just yeah. everything. Like, it is just kind of that thing. And, you know, I've talked a little bit about, like, my feeling that this is a game that probably came together kind of late. 
it has all the hallmarks of that. Like, so I, I played through the whole story and I did all the main side missions. I did not do like hunt down every, you know, Kodama or whatever else. And, you know, I did not like chase down every Tanuki or do all the hidden object, find the stuff or the cat stuff. But I did enough to, you know, basically say like I did all the main story side stuff. And there's a couple of those side missions that feel more fleshed out than all the other ones in a way that leads me to believe these were things that were kind of like worked on early and completed early because they just, they feel a little different. Like there's different art. It's not just you running into the same wraiths over and over again and just, you know, throw it, slapping the, you know, the, the hand motions on them to send them to the, to the great beyond or whatever. Like there's like a little more going on. Like there's one that straight up does a haunted mansion painting thing, which you never see again. They never do anything like that again. There's no like, there's no jump scares or really anything that kind of like plays into that kind of stuff. It literally is some, most of the time you just go into a place, you find the thing you're looking for. Maybe there's a boss fight. Maybe there isn't. And by boss fight, I mean like an arena fight usually. Right. But like even the big main plot stuff, like there's the bad guy and then he has like the three helpers with him at the very beginning. Only one of those is a boss fight that happens in the main game. Wait, what? Like, when you are just running around in the world and, like, you know, progress far enough in the story, only one of those happens during the course of that. Because, like, early on when you're in that safe house, they've got, like, the map of the city up on the wall and they straight up have, like, the portrait of each of those guys on different parts of the map. And I was like, oh, well, surely you're going to fight each of these guys in turn as you explore the map and then beat the game. You do, but it doesn't happen until you go to the last area, which is a separate area, which is an area that like is literally like the hey, if you go here, just so you know, you can't complete these side quests. You have oh. to like it's like the point of no return. So you go there and you fight them in a series of boss fights. Like it's just like one after the other. Oh what? Huh. Like it feels like most of what you're doing in the world is just stuff that they threw in there because they knew they needed to flesh it out. And at some point, there was an idea there for something more, like maybe there would have been more story involving those boss characters, what's going on with them, and like even really what the motivations of the main villain are, which they really just kind of rush through. Like They give you an idea of what, what it is that's actually motivating him, and then by the time you actually get to the end, like it just kind of... The longest part is a stretch where it is trying to get into like what was going on with Akito, the main character and his sister and his family. But even that is done in a long walk where you are just walking through different parts of the environment while little ghost people talk around him. And it's just, it literally is like a tour through all the environments you saw in the game. And it just goes on for like five to 10 minutes of that before getting to the final boss stuff. And it feels like an ending that was written for a story they did not get to tell. (laughs) At least not in a way that isn't delivered exclusively through audio recordings and other things that you pick up off the side of the story. How is the, uh, how is the mechanical part of it? The, the, by the time you are midway through, let's say, do you feel like you have seen all of the, combat you are going to see or do they change keep adding and changing it up no once they get to the point where they introduce like the lady in red and the lady in white with the scissors those Mm. are the biggest enemies you will face actually no there's one more there's an ice demon that shows up at some point and she's a real pain in the ass too but like she only shows up like two or three times 
And I, I, so assume, I assume it's just the three basic attack types that because they seem to show you the whole skill tree like from the jump. Yeah, it's those and the arrows, and that's it. Right. Okay. And so that that skill tree you see once you have the wind, the water, and the fire, that's that's what you're dealing with? That's what you're dealing with, and you are still upgrading those to past a certain point. So here's the thing. I didn't finish the skill tree. I got pretty far mm-hmm. into it. I would say I had, like, two-thirds of everything. Okay. You know, and, like, the the some of them are a little more filled out than others, but... I also completely shredded the final boss run, like all three (laughs) of them. I did not have an issue getting past them at all. So it's definitely tuned for people who are not likely to go out there and do everything, at least on the default difficulty. I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. It's a bummer, man, because I just I saw a lot of potential in that game and you see glimmers of it throughout that campaign and that experience. But in the end, to me, it was a game that I enjoyed playing late at night because I didn't have to think too hard about it. Like, it was just fine to run from place to place, do the same things over and over again, collect my spirits, make the numbers go up <laughs> until I ran out of, like, meaningful thing- things to do with that. And I just said, fuck it, I might as well finish it. <laughs> to be honest, even with everything you've said, like, what you just described still has a certain appeal to it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I finished it, because right. it's not without charm. It's not without, you know, certain amount of enjoyment to it. It's just that it never gets past that base level of enjoyment, which is a real bummer. And it and it's not exceptionally long, but maybe even a little too long. I beat it in about twenty one hours. Okay, with all that's, like I said, doing like, all the main side quests and doing a lot of the side stuff, but not everything. It's like decent video game length. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd say that's on the the like mid range side. It somehow feels too short for what they wanted to do with the story, and too long for the amount of gameplay that they. <laughs> yeah, had. like I, I would say that's on the long side for a story driven game, but by kind of Horizon, Elden Ring yeah. standards, like that's like yeah. blissfully short. Yeah, yeah, for open world game, that is that is a pretty short. Well, again, and it just you, doesn't have enough things to do in that open world. Yeah, and you did not engage with a hundred percent of it. No, you, but it's, okay. I would say I I collected half of the available two hundred some odd thousand spirits that you could collect. Very nice. And granted, you're collecting those in chunks of like a hundred yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah. So, right. But yeah, I I will say the other thing I just noticed at the end as I was watching the credits, Ikumi Nakamura not mentioned until the very end of the special thanks. I had seen that. I had seen the stories about that. And that's And I understand so, like hey, someone else took over as director. You credit yeah. them as the director because they are the one who finished the game, but like it was just very interesting considering they very much pre- presented that as like this is Akumi Nakamura's project. And then obviously she left at a certain point and yeah. now it's just like her and I think one other name got a special special thanks section. Some of that stuff is, I feel like, is holdover for some really crappy credits yeah. a, a, and developer, um, um, and what's the word? acknowledgement? Oh yeah, of, this, of is, people, this of is people not, yeah, like, not unique at all. This is that's unfortunately standard procedure. Yeah, yeah. especially and I'm you know obviously back in the day in Japan, like they would literally oh. obscure people's <laughs> names to avoid people yeah. pilfering talent from one another. But yeah. Some other stuff I've just heard over the years of like they really want you to be there for shipping of the game with yeah. the threat of like yeah. you will not get a credit. Yeah. And like, or, or generally like the best I've seen is you'll get filed under additional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if, yeah. you're, if you're a programmer, you'll get put under additional programming because you left before it shipped. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. I mean, it is messed up. It it's is messed up. Not, if you worked on a game, you should be credited, period. Yes. Even if it is like, you know, like legacy section of like, hey, this person worked on this. That's fine, but I, I like, just, put like, their who, name in there and let them let people know what they did. Who does it hurt? I'm not. I really don't understand. Like, I, what purpose are you serving by not doing that? Like, I had heard it was like a threat 
like uh, that's how I mean I've I've heard from people who are on the development side and maybe that's a perspective they have not on the management side but I had heard they hold it over your head as a threat like you will not get a credit in this if you don't are you not here for the shipping it of definitely that? varies from studio to studio but yeah yeah that sucks yeah. I I don't know the whole thing just stinks you put a lot of work into that you should get a credit totally uh, and not just uh, not just philosophically I mean like people use that on their resumes you know like yeah that's very, what I mean that's why it's much, a threat right just, yeah, yeah very much a tangible way to get a new job yeah. Uh, right. Hey, I was there for this. And like, my name is in the credits. I shipped a game. Yeah. Um, uh, well, okay. Aside from that, sorry, that's kind of a tangent, but no, it's a fair tangent. I think, yeah. uh, Ghostwire Tokyo could have been more, could have been, should have been more. Yeah. I I think I understand at a certain point you need to ship a game. It just needs to get out there. And, you know, maybe they didn't want to spend, you know, multiple years fleshing that thing out into something more that maybe not would not have turned out to be that much better. But like, just feels like a missed opportunity. Sounds like a great Game Pass game, though. Yes. Mm. Perhaps one day it will come there. Let's say in about 11 months. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it just never builds up ahead of Steam. No. Like, it's just, it just, there's a leak somewhere. I, I like that uh, environment. I, I will, at yes. some point, I will play some more of it just because being in that very nice looking nighttime Tokyo is, is fun. And at a certain point, you become so powerful that, like, yes, obviously it's never scary. It never really gets to a point where, like, the horror really takes over, but, like, it does feel good at a certain point to just wander those streets, and every time you see a ghost, be like, "Fuck off! Here we go!" Right. Yes, I like <laughs> just start fingers blazing, grappling to those ghosts over the buildings and gliding from building to building. Like there's there's a, yeah. there's an appeal to that. There it's, is stuff in there that I like. It's slight, but yeah. Uh, let's stay in uh, stay Japan in Japan. For a bit. Yeah, let's stay in Japan for a bit and tell me about Lost Judgment: The Kaito Files. Kaito, please. Kaito, sorry. Kaito. So Kaito, Kaito. is. Kaito is a uh, tax sidekick. He's the former Yakuza dude who uh, who works alongside uh, Yagami in the Judgment games. And okay. so this DLC, it's 30 bucks, uh, or if you have the season pass thing for all the DLC content, it's free. Um, and it is a side story that takes place and sort of gives you a little bit of story and background of young Kaito and kind of like his relationships prior to meeting Yagami and becoming a detective and all that stuff. And some of his past coming back to haunt him. It is a straight up detective story, but featuring another, a popular character from those games, but one who has not been featured in that way. Is it same like combat systems and and all of that? So I think it's only two fighting styles, but it is its own fighting styles. Like they are not the, they are not just Yagami's fighting styles. He is much more of a bruiser. So I think, I forget what the first one is called, but the second one's literally just called Tank. So, but yeah, I mean, his whole thing is just picking up stuff, crashing people, grappling people and suplexing them, that kind of stuff. So I'm only about three hours into it. I'm not sure. It's four chapters, and I think I'm nearing the end of chapter two. So okay, it doesn't feel like it's a super long story, but that's fine considering how overlong Lost Judgment Judgment actually turned out to be. I think a little nice bite-sized bit of that sounds good to me. Um, the story itself seems fine so far. It seems like, uh, you know, it, it's pretty, it's a pretty good background on a character that a lot of people like, but has not gotten a lot of spotlight in either of those games. Mm. Also, I'm just going to say it right now. This means nothing to anyone other than the people sitting here. Young Kaito looks so much like Bob Kaliko. It kind of freaked me out the first time they flashed (laughs) back to him. So it is, it, it, does it mostly take place in the past? Uh, no, it mostly takes place in present day. Like the actual action does, but a lot of the cutscenes flashback to Kaito back when he was were still working uh, with the Matsugane family as a Yakuza and like his relationships he had back then. Okay. 
Uh, it's thirty bucks. It is. It is. If you have lost judgment, it's yes, it is an expansion. Yes. It is not a standalone okay. thing. But um, <laughs> pretty stiff DLC price. It is, and again, I have not loved their DLC layout for this game. I think the amount of stuff that they give you and the way they've kind of gated some stuff behind that is not great. Um, that said, if you bought the expansion pass that just gets you everything, you at least don't have to pay that extra 30 for this. Okay. Oh, so it's like part of that. It's part of that whole thing, or, yeah. Okay. Like, I got it for, I, did, I didn't have to pay any money. Like, I had that gotcha. pass, so I got it for free. Wow. Paid it. You pay the money. I paid the money up front. You, you pay the money. Yeah. Um. Okay. PlayStation Xbox out. Uh, Actually, wait. Day. No, I didn't pay the money. I'm pretty sure I got review code for that. Yes. So let's, oh, let's okay. be yes, absolutely you, clear about yes, that. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Transparency in yes. media. Uh. Yeah. Uh, uh. You're such. An but you know what? I would have paid for it because I'm I'm <laughs> that kind of sap. Uh. All right. Out now. Out now. Uh, out now. Yeah, uh, I was fu- going to play Norco, but then I saw that came out, and I was like, you know what? I should see this, and Norco will be there waiting for me next week. Yeah, so I'm going to play some Norco next week as well. Uh, Tunic, let's uh, let's uh, roll into Briefly Tunic. Check in. Let's check in with Tunic. I have not touched Tunic again, but I I Wait, did. Complete well, you finished it. it. Wait, would yeah. you have since you finished? It? I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I might 100. percent Which is to say, like, uh, is there a lot more to do? Uh, I might, there's some stuff that I, I would want to go I, like just mop up the achievements. Here we are. Uh, for another week, me going, I shouldn't ask this or you shouldn't answer it about Tunic. I will try. To, I will not answer anything that would be a spoiler. Is, is there more to do than like treasure chests you didn't get? That's my question. Like, is is there more to Where do? Where on that? No. Okay. It's just treasure chests, oh, well, essentially. I mean, I, I don't know. I, th- I think, I, I actually, I honestly don't know. Okay. I haven't looked at the full achievement list. The thing that I, I keep thinking of going back and doing is a treasure chest related thing. Okay. If, if we're. I'm using treasure chest in a pretty broad scope there, but right. yes. uh, yeah, it's, uh, but I think there probably are other achievements there that I have missed that are not that, but that's what I keep thinking about going back in. and having a guide right next to me as I do it. I'm, uh, I'm firmly, or maybe not now that I've, now that I've wrapped it up, maybe I'll tinker around and see how, uh, but I, I would not, I'll say this again. I said this last time I would not spend my personal time if I think I know the solution, being like, why is this not working? I would just immediately go to a guide and be like, I think I know the solution. Like, oh, I did not know that's, the that's That's fair. Uh, they sent over one of those little packages. They were sending out to press the, 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 the complete printed manual. Yes. I had to like resist opening that manual because I knew it was going to ruin it's my experience du- it is, with the it game. It is not the manual from the game. Uh, oh, is it not? It is a it is a different version oh. of that manual. It is it is stripped of. Oh, all oh, oh I see what you're saying because it's I, not, I did, it doesn't have the secrets in it. I did I did peek at it enough to see that a lot of the same illustrations were in there and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it it, it they, is it is oh, very so they so they they went out of their way to remove the offending information. It's not only offending; it's different. Oh, it's like okay. it's it's very much throw not, you off the trail. It's not the manual from the game. Um, I only have one thing to say about Tunic. I, that game came out while I was traveling, so I didn't get very deep into it, but I finally had a chance to start catching up on it. Mm-hmm. Like, I still haven't rung the Western Bell. I think I'm about, like, five minutes away from ringing the Western Bell. Ring that bell. To just place where I am in the game. Yeah. Okay. The only thing I was going to say about it, very minor mechanic spoiler, but it, I guess it's kind of a mechanic spoiler. Press the chapter button. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um... I stumbled on the manual page that says, hey, go in front of the save points and press the inventory button. And that's how you upgrade all of your stuff. Oh, okay. And I was just like, okay, now I see what this game is doing. 
Mm-hmm. Now I get it. Okay, this is awesome. I have to see the rest of this. I need, okay. I need to know what is in the rest of this game. Like, I wasn't even mad. Like, that is the most devious thing. <laughs> like, to put it in context, if people haven't played it, you go up to the save points, like the little bonfire things in that game, there is a big fat A button prompt, which is how you restore all of your health and potions and save your game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they certainly do not also put a left bumper prompt there, which is the inventory button. Mm-hmm. Nor do they label any of the upgrade materials that you've been picking up for the entire game up to that point, right? Well, they do with question marks. Well, yes, they're really, but yeah. so are you know like three other yeah. categories worth of items, so you, you right. don't know what's what. I'm just kidding, yeah. right? Right, but that's that's the thing. It's like only because I found that manual page did I realize, oh, I could have been upgrading my stuff all this time, and it's not the easiest game out of the gate, you know? Like, no, it is not. The the, the damage uh, and health scaling and balancing are mm. like fairly harsh. And like, you know, game instantly gets easier once you realize, oh my God, that's all I had to do to upgrade my stuff. Like, I stumbled into that. So I, I was pretty lucky. Like I, oh, I before you just, got the manual. Yeah. 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 So and like it, with, I mean, you probably had assumptions too, just because you've played Zelda games before, like the, the iconography and the layout and that inventory really looks like what it turns out to be right you know like yes. yeah like, like like once once they fill in one of those you probably have guessed what all the other four are like what what the three letter initials are yes. going to be above the rest absolutely. of those absolutely um so it's pretty uh, funny but you know conversely sure enough like the day after i did that stuff i happened to cross a random forum conversation about that game from somebody who missed that manual page and play oh, play through almost the entire game not knowing how to upgrade their stuff. Oh my god! Until like the very like right toward I the end. That was a nightmare. I mean, I mean, I'm sure oh. that was rough, but it's like on some level, even though that is pretty devious, like it's kind of awesome that that can happen. That you can have that different an experience with the game. I think I would I, feel much differently about that if they had not included the no fail option. Like, yeah, the sure. thing is, mm-hmm. I, I actually think that is one of the game's like little ingenious moves is having that there for people who are just like frustrated with the combat, but also, boy, I'd be really bummed out if I had not found the upgrade thing at all and I had gone through the entirety of that game. My God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was just yeah. it was just such a cool way to withhold this little piece of essential information and then spring it on you in a way that was like, oh man, really? Wow, yeah. that like sucks, that. but also that's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's a few, there are a few things. Yes, like, that, like that really I was going to say, like, if there's more stuff like that in there, then I have got to get back to that game ASAP. But then they also kind of get, maybe they take some stuff too maybe far. Maybe a little too in the weeds. <laughs> maybe a little too much. Um, all right, there are spoiler tags for that part. I am going to unmark them now, and just a reminder, I mean, it's too late now, but, um, if you're listening to the version with ads, I mean, there's, there's spoiler tags. Go with tags. God. My, might not be accurate. Our apologies. There's just nothing really we could do about that. Um, okay. Tunic, though. You going to keep going? Oh, yes. Keep at it? Yeah, I'm very slowly plugging away at that one still, too. Hmm. It's not super long. No, it's not, it's, but I'm just I'm yeah. playing in small chunks. I, well, I, sh- I say that as somebody who literally had the guide next to me towards the end. So right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is long. Uh, all right. We're going to take another break here. And we'll be back with the news. Stick around. We'll be back after this. This week's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Alex Navarro, Brad Shoemaker. You're not going to walk out of the house naked, right? Not if I can help it. You're going to put your VPN on first. Yeah, of course. Of course. One leg at a time like I always do. (laughs) ExpressVPN is the easiest way to browse safely, securely, 
and just better. I just used ExpressVPN. I was away on a trip. I've had ExpressVPN for a couple of years here. When I got on that hotel Wi-Fi, I slipped right into ExpressVPN. One click, very easy. Get in there, and then I was able to access the internet, let's say. What are you doing on that vacation there? I was. I had to access my GitHub account, and I was doing some coding, and then I used my ExpressVPN, and then VPNed into my home computer! Likely story. Uh-huh. And then I watched, you know, I watched some videos, you know, and it's fast That's what they all say. It's got great speeds. It was connected very easily. I was even able to stream in HD problemless on the hotel Wi-Fi. And they didn't know they didn't know a damn thing. It says here you can connect to ExpressVPN and you won't even realize you have it on, which I can vouch for. It's pretty seamless. So right now, go to expressvpn.com slash nextlander and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash nextlander to get three extra months of ExpressVPN. Expressvpn.com slash nextlander. Thanks, ExpressVPN. We're back and it is time for the news. This one coming in fairly hot. News that we knew or we had heard was going to happen. Hot off the blog. Yeah, I don't think we knew the details, and now we do. PlayStation Plus, the all-new PlayStation Plus. We have more details on it, and here to deliver those details to you, our PlayStation Plus correspondent, oh deep in the field, oh no. Brad Shoemaker. Oh my god, there's so much value here. <laughs> what? More value than ever. Uh, what? Uh, um, this, you know, this was, yeah, this was has been rumored as the Sony's big answer to game pass project Spartacus, I think is what uh, the mm-hmm. rumor mill has been referring to this as uh, they Jim Ryan himself got out there on the PlayStation blog and has detailed all new PlayStation plus launches in June with, as I said, more value than ever. It, all right. I am. I am. A, I'm okay with this. The only thing right off the bat that bothers me is it seems they have adopted the Western digital red naming convention. Oh my for God. Their, <laughs> their tears here. Like it's already called plus. <laughs> what do you got? It's already called plus. It's plus plus. I know like <laughs> PlayStation plus plus. They should have done it. <laughs> With double plus good. That's right. We're bringing, <laughs> we're bringing uh, entry level development tools straight to the PlayStation five. <laughs> you will be able to write your own games in PlayStation plus plus. Um, what, what do we got going on here, Brad? All right. There are now three tiers of PlayStation plus on the way. Here we go. Okay. What we got? Play- PlayStation plus essential is the PlayStation plus that exists. Okay. Still 10 bucks Essentials. a month. Still, t- still 10 bucks a month, still 60 bucks a year. It's your, you know, two free downloadable games a month, like discounts on some games, cloud save storage, which is completely broken on my PS5, and I'm going to resist complaining incessantly about it. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and online multiplayer. Like, you still have to have basic ass, excuse me, essential PlayStation Plus to mm. play online multiplayer games. That's the thing you know and may love. I don't know. It's possible no, you love this. PlayStation, no changes, same price. Yeah, same everything. PlayStation Plus yeah. Extra, Extra is where it starts getting a little Game Pass-y. Mm-hmm. Adds a catalog of up, up to 400. <laughs> up to? Up to. <laughs> up to. Maybe they're going to hit 400 by June? What is this saying? I'm not entirely sure. Adds a catalog of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games. 
uh, including first and third party. Uh, games in the extra tier are downloadable for play, they say. That might foreshadow what you're going to get in the top level tier, maybe. Okay. So that's the Game Pass thing. That's the, hey, here's a fairly big-ass library of games you can just download and play. A rotating library. A, a catalog that with games that come and go. Yes. Uh, okay. And that is $100 USDs. Yes. I guess, I guess we should get through the final tier before we talk about the specifics of that library. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, PlayStation Plus Essential and Extra. Well, I guess, okay, I guess I guess those imply base and upgraded. They both, picking words that both start with E, I feel like is maybe not the best idea for distinguishing your arbitrary tiers on the service. Anyway, uh, PlayStation Plus Premium, Premium is the top level. Oh, I'm sorry, the pricing on Extra, mm-hmm. fifteen a month instead of ten. Yeah, hundred bucks a year instead of sixty a year. PlayStation Plus Premium mm-hmm. gets you everything from Essential and Extra. Adds up to 340 additional games. Additional games. Additional. Uh, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming. Mm-hmm. And just quoting here, a catalog of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations. Okay. Uh, also, cloud streaming access for um, uh, PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games. Um, I, I'm still not 100% sure what the distinction is here. Offered in the extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. So I guess they're saying you can also stream games that you would otherwise download? Yeah, so those are US, Canada, Japan, UK, France, Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Austria, Switzerland, Ireland, Spain, Italy, Portugal, Norway, Denmark, Finland, yeah. and Sweden. Yeah, the wording is a little strange here, but the upshot is they are folding PlayStation Now into this tier system. Like I'm guessing the PlayStation Now branding is just going to go away. Yeah. Like they flat out say it in the deck of this post, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now come together. So like Yeah. All the features of Now are in Plus. Um, and they say, and they say further down in this post, PlayStation now will no longer be available as a standalone service. So, uh, huh. And then one other bullet point on that one. Yes. Time limited game trials will also be offered in this tier. So customers Mm. can try select games before they buy, which I assume means like pretty new releases, right? Like maybe they'll let you stream the first like two hours of God of War Ragnarok or something like that. Yeah, and before guess. we get into the weeds while we were on this bullet point, because I don't know if we'll come back to it, is like, because we're going to talk about what their first party relationship is with this, but I wonder if that will be more first party stuff and exclusive stuff than having developers build those trials out for just this tier. Uh, what's the price on this, Brad? 18 a month or 120 yearly, so 10 bucks a month, if you want to lock yourself in for a year. And uh, again, these are... Um, U.S. dollars, yes. obviously. Yeah, they've yes, they they list regional equivalents here. But I mean, I I feel like the only question on anybody's mind when the stuff was about to be rolled out was, hey, are they going to do the Game Pass thing of yeah. putting brand new first party games on there right. day one? The answer is no. Yeah, no, or or at least no mention of it. No, really, they are right? definitely. I th- I think I saw some interview quotes out there from Jim Ryan elsewhere, yes. like extra emphasizing that they are not going to do that. I think he said, okay, I'm going to severely vinophrase here because I won't even call it paraphrasing. But to me, it sounded like he he was implying that 
in order to do that, the games would be worse, basically. Basically saying that, like, in order to achieve that, they wouldn't make the money they would need well, yeah, from totally. the game. Absolutely, yeah. And which would make the games worse in the end. Well, I mean, I think uh, that probably means they would scope them smaller, that they would, that the budgets would be reduced. I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I like, mean, they are extremely big budgets, but. Um, Cause you know, remember like PlayStation is the biggest revenue driver at Sony at this point, you know, like they need, especially where it seems like damn near every first party Sony game is doing like 20 million in sales these days. Yeah. Like that's a lot of money to be bringing in on those games that they, they can't afford to give that money away the way that Microsoft can as a loss leader to get everybody in the world to sign up for game pass. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, the easy retort to this is, well, I mean, you know, they're still putting halo and Forza and those things on there, which, you know, those games have not necessarily suffered as far as like scope and budget is concerned. But like you said, Microsoft is a different beast. It is a yes. different animal than they are more, much more willing to throw money at this thing and not have to worry about making that back up the yes. same way that Sony does. Yes, way deeper pockets to throw at something like this, way more capable of making like these long-term strategic investments to recoup in, say, 10 years when Game Pass rules everything. And and I'll, I'll repeat something I said, because uh, I feel like we've been talking about this a while. Again, I was paraphrasing Jim Ryan there. I don't think he actually said, I think he said the games would suffer. But like... Um, but, you know, their games, their first-party catalog is so much different than even a lot of Microsoft's first-party stuff was. And you look at something like what Halo's doing with online stuff. Their games just don't have big online, hey, you got this for free, we're going to make it up in the back end in the store. Like, the, like Last of Us doesn't have a store you go into to go spend money. Uh, Miles Morales and all these games don't have a store. They're, they're single-player huge narrative games that don't have a long online tail that right. something that going for free on a game pass might be like you know what get the game for free and we're gonna get you in transactions later and we'll call it we'll call it a deal oh they'll I get mean, you i mean they're lucky if their games have a uh, narrative dlc you get or a season pass right like they're just different games coming out of sony first party for better or worse so i i, I can understand some of that in that space of like you know Hey, if you got if you got Last of Us Two for free at launch, there's they're not going to make any money off of you if you're in this system. Yeah, like, later on they're yeah. not going to sell you a Joel skin later. Like if if this service had come even I would say around the same time that Microsoft was was ramping up their Game Pass stuff, I feel like people would be a lot more forgiving of this different mm. approach, this approach that they are they are taking for their own financial ends. The problem is Game Pass has been around for a while now, yeah. and there is like a built-in, whether that expectation is reasonable, mm -hmm. given Microsoft's size and their willingness to just throw all kinds of money at various games for this thing, like whether that's reasonable or not, the expectation is there. Yeah. And to, to come at mm -hmm. this now with that established mentality around that stuff already existing with a service that... While not terrible on its face by any stretch, like you take out the the lack of day one games, like you know if you just look at the classic aspect of it, it's like okay, there's something there, but it has to compete against this thing that has this establishment, and that is right. going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, just to fill in the last blank here, the best insight we have into the marquee games they are going to be putting on this service at launch, we plan to include such titles as Death Stranding. God of War, Marvel's mm -hmm. Spider-Man, and Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. Yeah. So the newest game on that list is Returnal, which is already a year old. Yeah. And, we'll be and, 
over a year old by the time the service launches. I am guessing a year, if not slightly more, will become the standard for a lot of those games. Yeah. So some of those are on, maybe I'm wrong, but some of those have been on Plus already? Yes. But maybe not these. Maybe not the Death Stranding. Maybe the special edition was not. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe some of these. Yeah, they've had. I, I forget what the terminology was, but they did have that expanded game library around plus oh, as, as a as a stopgap before now. Yeah. And some of those games were on there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a weird, not weird. It's interesting what they're doing with some of the pricing, especially at the what's the highest one, the premium. It's like uh, one hundred twenty dollars I mean, a year, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, but yeah, that's if you significant. To, if you if a difference if you were to go monthly, I mean that's it's over two hundred bucks if you're if you're going monthly, right? Like that's eighteen dollars a month versus one hundred and twenty a year. I mean that would only be that's ten dollars a month, right? If you were to break that down yeah. Yeah. for the yearly, so, 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 so it's like what ninety six bucks a month or a year you're saving if you go yearly. But who knows if the right. quality of the library is there to support that? Uh, I don't. What's your first blush? Yeah. What do you, what do you, I'm, I'm well, I mean, this is just, it's getting, to You're my, a consumer. It's getting to my own predilections here, but I'm mostly staring at this classic game stuff mm-hmm. like the PS3 games only being available via cloud streaming. Like, I don't know what the ins and outs would have been of, of, of getting those games running locally on a PS5. I'm stealing yeah. a joke here from a meme image that was going around, but no, there's no one left alive who knows how the PS3 works. No one that's can make fair. those games work in that <laughs> that's way. That's fair. That's fair. It is a very complicated system. But Ken Kunaragi you know. got put on an ice flow several years ago, <laughs> yeah. and no one can get a hold of him. I mean, you know, PS3 emulation is extremely robust on PCs <laughs> at this point, but who knows? Like, I'm not. I'm certainly not qualified to say they could be doing this, and they're not. It's robust, but but is it like is it consistently functional? Because I've always heard that stuff from that era was very hard to get running consistently across games. The emulators work pretty well at this okay. point for PS3. But uh, you know, again, I'm not going to say sit here and say, oh, they could be doing this and they're not. But right. I, but I will say, playing games over streaming is not desirable. It connects to mm-hmm. playing them locally generally, especially for games of that era. Yeah, uh, they're going to let you. Do, like I said, you can stream or download the. PS1, PS2, and PSP games, mm-hmm. at least. So there is And they that. haven't given a window as far as, like, what that library is going to look no, like, right? No, I would, I honestly, I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure they're still locking down licenses left and right, but some kind of partial library list would have been a great thing to put out along with all of this. Yeah. Would, like, if I could sit here and look at a list of games and say, oh, they got that and that and that and that and that, like, yeah. that would be nice. Because the but, PlayStation library from one and two is like combined one of dude, the greatest game libraries out uh, there. Like I'm like this. I mean, that's one of the saddest things about this is that this finally closes the door on all those like Mark Cerny patents and rumors that have been flying around for like three years about like, oh, they're going to make it so you can run any PlayStation game ever, which no, definitely not. No, they are point. not. That is that dream has died uh, definitively here at this point. Uh, although I didn't realize until I saw John from Digital Foundry pointed out on Twitter yesterday when this announcement went out, the PS5 drive cannot read CDs. So. Mm. Oh, really? So we, we if, if, if that had been more common knowledge, I guess we mm. would have known for a long time, like, oh, of course you can't put, you're not going to be able to oh. put PS1 games in this thing and play them ever because Wait, it won't read U- them. Put a USB drive on it. Mm. Wait, <laughs> they make Blu-ray drives that don't read CD-ROMs? Yeah, I, I didn't look into it, but my assumption is it's a it's something it's a wavelength thing. Like they don't huh. have the, the the type of laser with the right wavelength in there to be able to read CDs. 
I mean, the guess. number of CDs I need a disc drive to read these days is fairly low, generally uh, speaking. So I kind of yeah. get that, but that is just, that's just a little surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, time marches on, old standards get flushed Fair enough. Down, down the toilet. But um, anyway, I mean, it is a way to keep part of that classic library. And yes, again, like that is one of the most storied libraries in video games at this point. I just realized that means they can never put VidRibbon on that service. Yeah. Right. I, listen, there are other ways somebody could make it work, but at that point, you probably do a PS4 slash 5, probably 5 version of VibRibbon that can read music from some other source, right? Like, you, you just do the work if you're going to put that in. To no say, one's no. going to do that work. <laughs> no. No, yeah, I say not. this is a VibRibbon lover. <laughs> no one's going to do that work. Uh, you know what? I... <laughs> I don't want the purity of Viv Ribbon sullied with Spotify mm, anyway. Absolutely not. Honestly. If I can't just put Beastie Boys Ill Communication into that disk drive and have wild shit happen, then I don't want to do it. Yes. If I can't have it, no one can. Uh, uh, there, was, there was an interesting number in this uh, Game Industry Biz article on it that had Xbox announcing that it has 25 million Game Pass subs and that PlayStation Plus has around 48 million, which, you know probably tracks with the number of consoles out there in terms of like oh yeah cuz you know PlayStation Plus is not PS5 PlayStation Plus is But here's the thing yeah. PlayStation I bet PlayStation at this point would have 100 million if that service was better I wonder it's because there's it's, so many PS4s out there there are a lot and I yeah, bet yeah. that number that you're talking about right there is probably a little bit more analogous to the number of Series Xs and Ss that are out there mm. in the wild right now well does this for you guys? Does this do anything to push you in a direction to up your PlayStation no. Plus? No, nothing. No. Okay, I probably Alex? will. Okay, but like, I, I I don't know that it's something I'm going to stick with if I don't feel like the value is there. Like, I will try it out at the top level when it when that thing yeah. comes out and see what they have. But I will probably like with Game Pass. I have not gone back to think about whether I want Game Pass at this point because mm. it is so professionally useful for me to have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. With yes. PlayStation, this PlayStation thing, I don't know if that's there yet. That could change, but I'm going to give it at least a few months and see where it's at. Like, maybe they'll negotiate some deals with third parties to get some day one releases on there. I, yeah. I feel like, honestly, I feel like the day one release is the thing. Like, there's nothing else really, about Game Pass yeah. that matters, but you get games the day they come out. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Like, that day one thing is the thing that makes you feel like you're getting one over, even right. though you are probably not. Otherwise, they wouldn't necessarily do it. But it's the thing that makes you feel like you yeah. are. And, like, they, uh, are, they are doing – they are really pretty smart with the way they are announcing that stuff because, like, tons of games, like we just talked about Weird West, like, pretty much every week on this podcast, we're talking about a game that we knew ahead of time would be on Game Pass. But then they're also doing stuff like they had that ID at Xbox stream. Where didn't they announce that Tunic was a Game Pass game like right there on the stream? Yes. Like the day it came out? Yes. Like they're getting it both ways, you know? It's like, hey, look at all these great upcoming Game Pass games. Yeah. And then they're also like, hey, surprise, here's a game that's out right now that's on Game Pass. Like may maybe behind the scenes that Game Pass deal came together last minute or something and I'm giving them too much credit. But like like they are they are creating a lot of excitement around the Game Pass lineup by constantly being out there messaging like, hey, these new games that look rad, you can just play them. It's it's a fairly large jump from that plus essentials in the U.S. from sixty dollars a year to a hundred dollars a year. That that's a significant jump, and I think for me, I don't know if for me a back catalog isn't going to do it. Um, yeah, it's, if it it's tough to say. Yeah, if it had first party stuff in it, I think I would make that jump. If you told me stuff like Horizon and like uh, you know Naughty Dog stuff is going to come because. 
I love, I really do like those games. I, I like them a lot. And, you know, they're expensive. They're, you know, $70. Um, I, I think I would, I would say, okay, I'm going to probably make my money back on that because all, I, I know I'm going to buy God of War. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to buy these things. And so if it's a hundred dollars a year, I know I'm going to save my money on that. Like it's, it's, it's clear to me. I don't know if there's, I think it's like you guys kind of said, essentially it's a wait and see, right? Like, is there anything I would have been like, you know, I would have made my money back if I didn't buy these. Right. Things. And like right, that, right, right, that, no, no, no. that calculation is very easy to make when you've got a bunch of day one, $60 releases on there. Right. Cause if it's 120 bucks a year, you can just very easily say like, okay, I played yeah. through two triple a new releases this year on this. It paid for totally. itself. Never mind, like all the little indies that I tried for the first time for five minutes or whatever. Yeah, but, but without I, without those without those day one releases, like I, that whole value proposition gets so much muddier that it's really hard to figure out. And and you know the three of us and maybe a lot of people listening to this as well, but the three of us in particular are of a position where it's like it's not like you're gonna wait to play a game until it's three months old and makes it onto the service. We're gonna we're either gonna buy it or it's gonna be on a service. So it's not like Hey, Horizon came out. Well, you know what? We'll get to that in three months if it mm-hmm. comes to the service. It's we're we're in on in that week, if not on that yeah, day, yeah. leading and up to there's, it. There's so. a lot of you know, just a lot of consumers who want to play games when they come out. You know, a lot, yeah. a lot of people who don't have to cover them still want to play them. Up front, so I think so. along along with Jim Ryan's response, he did say it's an evolving service. I don't even think there are are there dates attached to this. Yeah, June. It's it's a phased rollout. They're going to stagger it across territories. It sounds like Asia is getting it first in June. Okay. No, no time frame for how long it'll take to propagate to North America and Europe, but starting this summer, let's say. Okay. Uh, again, I really just want to see a list of those old games. That uh, putting on right. There. Yeah. I'm like dying to see what the classic library is. How cl- you mean classic classic or anything that's just not PS4, PS5, like all the, the PS1 through three stuff. Okay. Basically. I, you think that's just going to be the, um, PS Now stuff just rolled up in there. It could be. Like, I don't know. I mean, I would hope that they were making. I bet a push. they start with that at least, but yeah. they have to. They have to flesh it out beyond like, that. I would, I would. I would hope. Yeah, I would hope they would make a push to go out and get some more stuff. But the thing I'm really curious about, and I I assume that this will probably come with a title update that fixes some of the stuff. Some of those like downloadable PS2 games and PS1 games that you can get on the PS4 just do not run right on a PS5. Mm. Like they just the emulation is jacked up oh, in such a way. Like what? Like I tried when before we did that Ape Escape stream a couple of months ago, I tried downloading the uh, the PS2 version that I had on the PS4, and they just straight up spit out a warning that's like this might not work oh, right. Wow! And then yeah, for sure, sure enough, there was like weird like texture flickering and stuff huh. when I when I loaded oh, it up. Wow! I should go download those Jack and Daxter games. And yeah, see, I, see I, I bet it's not everything, issue. but like some of those games do not work quite right on a PS5. Huh? Actually, those might have been native ports. I forget. Anyway, yeah. Um, well, it's a. Uh, I, don't I bet. Know. The, I bet they will probably have a fix in place for that stuff because you cannot launch and say like, "Oh, by the way, these games we're emulating, uh, they don't quite work right on yeah, this yeah, yeah. service." Yes. yes. Um, I don't know. This is a start. It's a start. Yeah, it's a start. It's not the start they needed, but it's moving yeah. in that direction. Here's the thing: they're not having a hard time selling Playstations no. right now, so I don't feel like this is going to really fuck them in the end. But it does not put well, them it puts them, it puts them at a disadvantage to start. It's, yeah, it's not going to screw them in the short term. But again, yeah. like God only knows what this game, this industry looks like in five to ten years. Yeah, like if them not getting in on the ground floor of this stuff, God only knows what this industry looks like in five to ten months. Right, yeah, right. Um, Give everybody free uh, uh, Destiny Two Witch King. 
uh, in the in the middle. Tier. Oh yeah, I guess they could do that now, couldn't they? I don't. They could. I, I guess. Do I don't. I don't know. Well, no, no, not until that deal closes. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. That's one of those deals that's still floating right now. Yeah. Anyway, shrug. Like, uh, listen. I I would like to hear from people that are just in the PlayStation ecosystem and what they think. Because you know, if you don't have an Xbox. Like we're comparing. We're comparing. Yeah, because we have every passes. console. We can compare yeah. that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. So again, I'm I, curious what people are just in there. Yeah, I, I, again, I just I think even they can't weigh in and without a big fat list of games to look at and say, oh yes, I want to play at least like eight yeah. of these or something. Whatever, well, whatever their number is that would make this worth the money. I can almost guarantee you, my brothers who are both in the PlayStation ecosystem, kind of exclusively, having tried the Game Pass trial, were just impressed with the day one stuff. They, that's they yeah. were like oh my gosh i could play halo infinite and i think telling them this story i think they will be less taken with like hey maybe we don't switch to xbox yeah you know soon so i, I don't know it, it, i would like to hear from people that are just in this to know like yeah i'm not i'm not upgrading i'm staying where i am i, I suspect most people just stay where they are until the games come out so probably we'll, we'll probably i mean it's you know just to spell it out like going to that second tier that gets you the ps4 and 5 games it's like extra three and a half dollars a month ish something like that on top of a regular plus yeah but it's like double so, almost in a year it's uh, like a well i'm year talking about the middle tier that just gets you the ps4 and 5 stuff not the the full playstation now experience yeah yeah even still that's like, you know it's what's it's 60 it's 60 currently and then that's 100 yeah 60 and 100 for the so, year yeah that's what i meant yeah. so like yeah like it's an extra about three and a half dollars on top of regular plus to get that that intermediate library which uh, doesn't sound like that much a month but (laughs) i don't know we'll see we'll see uh more more on that i'm sure i wonder if they missed their uh state of play thing or this this is intentionally just not announced there because it was not that long ago right i don't think this uh well the last state of play was god i'm losing track uh that was the it's raining dinosaurs right yeah yeah yeah. so it was like Two or three weeks. Yeah, but also I don't think there's anything really like sexy enough about this to support mm. a video format. Maybe I yeah, bet maybe. when they have like firmer dates for every region and they can start talking about an actual library, I feel like that's when they do that. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. All right, PlayStation Plus, Plus, Essential, Extra, and Premium. Mm-hmm. Yep, there it is. If anybody listening to this works in PlayStation Network Ops and can help me fix my cloud saves, get in touch. <laughs> God damn it. Um. All right. Next up, we have uh, a delay, or yes. uh, the, the launch window delayed. Brad, what is getting delayed? Yes, AGL Numa from Nintendo uh, appeared in a YouTube video in which he very apologetically said that the sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild will now be coming out in spring 2023. To which I said, yeah. "I forgot you had said it was coming out this year, so no <laughs> apology necessary." I had just it's filed, all right. I had filed that one away under "It'll be out when it's out." Hmm. Uh, so. You know, I guess, yes, I, I, I guess they did at one point actually say that it would be out this year, but I just, I don't think it. anyone really believed that. Uh, I think at some point we just need to stop putting release dates out there. I yeah. didn't believe it. I, it never felt like that was, I think they would have made a bigger deal about this game coming out this year by now, if that were the case. And yeah. also I would love for someone at home, I don't have time to do this, but if someone can do the math, Look through every Eiji Anuma appearance in a Nintendo video and see if he has apologized more times than he has talked about actual games. <laughs> there have definitely been quite a number. I feel like he, like, the ratio is at least two to one on actually we're delaying this thing versus just, hey, I'm here to talk about this game. 
Um, there wasn't a lot of other information in there other than what we already know about that game, but yeah. video games watch 2022 continues, I guess, because there are fewer of them every day. That watch runs late. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, the, the Rocksteady Suicide Squad game also got delayed into next year in the past week. I had forgotten so, completely about that game. Right. So, like, there's just, I mean, we have other podcasts to address this more thoroughly, but... Mm-hmm. Release calendar is pretty thin looking at the moment. That podcast is the Planorama, by the way. Yeah, you can check mm-hmm. that it's out. available to patrons. Um, <laughs> anyway, I. But how are we feeling about? I mean, <laughs> I am of the mind that Breath of the Wild is one of the best games ever made, so of course mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Is there a lot of enthusiasm in the room? I I was not as fond of Breath of the Wild, though that is because I did not dedicate myself to it in a way where I really ever got like a great feel for it. So I'm I was interested, but also with this constant attachment of I should probably just go back and finish Breath of the Wild before this mm-hmm. comes out. Sounds like I got another year to do that at least, yeah. and probably plenty of time to go back and play old games. Yeah, <laughs> I I think Breath of the Wild is a great game. I do not think it is the greatest game. I did not. I do, I do not have the over. It is not like in my top five of games of all time. Like I know it is in some some folks. What if you went to the sky? Whoa! With like a sword, like, like a skyward sword. No, not, oh, not like okay. that at all. Okay, okay. No, all right, all right, all right, okay, all right. good. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we all know that's the greatest game of all time. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to this though. Uh, I like a Zelda game. All right, uh, let's move on into well. And not that that is very fun news, but into uh, more serious news here. Yes. Alex, mm-hmm. what's going on? We talked last week about indie game studios and the report from, um, was it People Make Games? Yes. Yes. Uh, on some of the uh, troubles and uh, allegations of abusive workplaces in, in some studios. And now we have an update on a phenomena. Yes. So uh, it sounds like uh, whether this was directly a result of, you know, the reporting that is out there or not uh, is undetermined. But basically, Phenomena sounds like they are on the verge of shutting down. Um, According to Chris Bratt from People Make Games, uh, it sounds like the studio is set to be closed by the end of this month, which uh, is now, actually. Uh, And contractors have apparently already been laid off from the studio. There is an official tweet from the Phenomena account saying that they were in the process of closing an investment round before GDC, which was last week. Sounds like they are saying they are still actively trying to do it, but uh, at this point, if that does not come through, they will be forced to close. And at this point, I'm not sure that based on what's gone on there with the reporting on management at that studio and you know, kind of the, the general tenor around Phenomena, I'd I'd be very pessimistic about like being able to secure funding for another project for that studio. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There there was also, I think uh, Robin Hunicky also put out a a tweet kind of addressing, I mean, the target of a lot of the allegations, if not all of them from phenomena employees. Was that the leadership Uh, is a journey one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not, uh, not the best (laughs) apology I've seen, but you know, she at least got out there and said something. Whereas I think, uh, that's as far as I can tell. That's about the most that's been said from any of the uh, the studios that were mentioned in that video since that video came out. Since the video came out, yeah, because yeah. Ken 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 had also spoken about the allegations previous to that, and I don't think 
Steve Gaynor has said much of anything since his uh, last statement. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, you know, as always, thoughts go to the people who are affected and no longer with a job or facing down the prospect of not having yeah. a place of employment. There Where's are a, um, uh, I would say there are there are indie studios and people out there being like, hey, you know, if you've you've been laid off from Phenomena, you know, here's where we're hiring. Here are studios that are looking for talent. So at least you yeah. know. Once again, the community is out there at least trying to help some folks. There, there is there is a follow-up tweet from Phenomena uh, in that thread saying that if there are opportunities for their team members who have been laid off jobs at Phenomena.com, they're, sounds like they're potentially funneling those opportunities their way. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, let's, let's see. Oh, uh, the, uh, another... Um, another follow-up. <laughs> another follow-up. In uh, a kind of uh, a more serious tone here, but uh, remember all the Activision Blizzard stuff. That yes, um, which continues have- to move along as the sale of Activision continues to chug along uh, to Microsoft. Uh, there's been a bunch of different updates, you know, little small things here and there. There was a comment from Microsoft talking about how they would recognize that Raven Software Union if uh, as long as Activision Blizzard did, which essentially was them saying we will never actually have to recognize this union. Oh, that's, boy, that yeah. sounded great right up until the little bit at the end. Yeah, that's the that's the part that really kind of sticks the knife in. Um, and then there was this ongoing uh, settlement process with the EEOC, which is the uh, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which is the federal agency that was suing Activision. Um, but so basically, this was the one that basically boiled down to an $18 million fund, which would uh, anyone who was a victim of harassment or you know sexual harassment at Activision Blizzard would potentially be able to draw funds from. Um, the DFEH, which is the California agency that was uh, suing them, has been fighting to delay the settlement because they think it will interfere with their own legal proceedings, which are set to go to trial in February next year. Um, Yeah. So basically the federal government has a settlement for 18 million. The state is like a, that ain't enough. And B, if you settle before we go to court, we think it could undermine our case. uh, uh, Yeah. And uh, so this, this back and forth has been going on pretty much since both agencies got involved in this process. And it is kind of, my perception of it is very much like this feels like a lot of jurisdictional, you know, like tug of war in a way mm. that probably is not actually beneficial to any of the people who are actual victims in the case of this. But, you know, look, it's not that nothing is coming out of this. Like, again, $18 million seems like a pretty paltry amount of money, but it is also a settlement. It is an acknowledgement that like wrongdoing was done and that things will have to change there. Again, but at the same time, like obviously, there's a lot more going on here. There's still this California suit going through. There's the sale going on. It's still a mess. Is my my hot take on all of this? Yeah, and and kind of the update here because that settlement had been floating around is that uh, a, a federal judge has approved that settlement. Yeah, it's been signed uh, off on. Yeah, so uh, where it goes from there, it is under appeal by the state. So that that ruling is being appealed by the. Uh, DFEH, uh, and so we'll see. I, I mean, my not hot in uninformed take is eighteen million does not seem like a lot of money for Activision, especially Blizzard. with the number of people to... involved in this lawsuit. Yeah, it's yeah. like sixty, right? Um, or wait, hang and, on. And, 
I think it might be higher than that. No, they said they, the DFEA oh, oh, said sorry. that like that number would only provide only for only provide yeah. the maximum settlement for sixty. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and you know, I I think the the story that uh, uh, Video Games Chronicle has up here says that in a settlement for Riot, it was initially ten million and was later brought up to a hundred million through kind of um, efforts to to say this is not enough. Yeah, like, this is this is not enough money, and so I. Again, not informed on this, but I think that number could go up if, uh, or, or maybe should, should go really up. go go up considering the kind of scope and scale and breadth of these allegations, uh, because 18 million seems like, what was, what did Microsoft just uh, offer to buy them at? What is that deal Ooh, going just through? Just under 70 billion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, you cannot just draw a line between those two things. But no, you cannot. In the, but in like, the court of public perception, having it, those two numbers next to each other is yes. extremely stark. Yeah, especially when you write all the zeros out. Yeah, like again, yes, it, you're right. It is. It is not apples to apples, but it might be. There, those products might be in the same supermarket. We are still talking uh, about poison fruit in either regard. Nice, very nice. Um, all right, uh, that continue. That will continue to be news. Like I said, it's under appeal. Yeah. Um, all right, slightly less depressing, but still not like depressing for very depressing. different reasons. Just okay. Alex, take us into this one. So, okay. Maybe, maybe no one remembers this and that's fine, but I'm just going to say there was a fast and furious game two years ago and not the board game, not the board game, uh-huh. not the, the Forza DLC that they did some years back. Uh-huh. This is a officially licensed Developed or, or published by Namco, developed by Slightly Mad Studios, driving game based on the Fast and Furious franchise, and it was awful. <laughs> Crossroads was a fucking awful game, and I don't say this confidently as someone who played it. I say this confidently as someone who watched someone who loves Fast and Furious as much as I do play it and get very angry at it for reasons <laughs> that seem completely justified. Um... That game did not do well. It did not review well. It does not sound like it sold particularly well. Um, and now it will no longer sell at all because as of April 29th of this year, you will not be able to buy that game anymore, which is a extremely short amount of time <laughs> for a game to be on sale and leads me to believe that we have now entered an era where licensing contracts are way shorter than they used to be. I don't know if it is worth noting. Again, this is it, the line on this might be very squiggly and have a lot of loops in it, but I'll mention it anyway. Slightly mad, bought by Codemasters, now owned by EA. Yes. So EA now owns think, the developer that made it, but obviously not the I don't publisher because Namco, Namco yeah. is on their own thing. Yeah, Namco. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what what happens with that? I don't know. Like, does, is Namco just like washing their hands of this and saying we don't want to do anything with it, or was that, or was that um, licensing contract actually that's what? Like, hey, we get to revisit this in two years and say if we want this for sale or not. Like, what what is that? What does that mean? I don't know. Like, I I don't know any of this stuff for certain. Like, again, my my experience with video game licensing deals had a lot more to do with like music for music games than anything mm. else. So I don't really have any specific insight on this stuff. But the thing I had always heard was that like the general renewal time for, you know, license contracts with get around game stuff was between five and 10 years. <laughs> and whether those deals are signed, you know, and obviously it's different from publisher, publisher, company, company, whatever, what the demands are. But two years is a very short window <laughs> 
for a licensing deal for something at this scale. Like, granted, that game sucked ass and clearly did not get the development resources behind it that it needed to be good. But at the same time, it's a big game, ostensibly, based on a huge movie franchise. Signing that deal for two years just feels super weird. Uh, Some quick notes from the story. If you have the game digitally, obviously if you have it physically, but if you have it digitally, you'll still be able to play it. It'll be in your library. And if you have any DLC, you'll still be able to play it after that date. Uh, yeah, it's the, the online... old thing of once you buy it, it's still there. It's on a server somewhere. You can always download it. It's just that you can no longer give them money for it. Uh, yeah. The online modes will apparently also remain active or uh, active. I put, I'll put. i make some air There is a there. server somewhere <laughs> that will let you play that game if you really want to. But let's say remain accessible. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily active. Hey, you, got, um, you got a month. If you, want, yeah. if you want to own this piece of history, you still got some time. It's a piece of something. I I have the hardest time remembering that this is a standalone game. Yes. I And distinguishing it from Forza Horizon 2 presents Fast and Furious. Mm. Which is still somehow the best Fast and Furious thing in video games, which is really sad when you think about it. Because that I thing was fine, but... I don't know that you can get that either. I'm on the store page right now, and it says not available separately. Maybe if you have Forza Horizon 2, you can still buy it. I think, okay, I could be making this up because my brain does do that from time to time, but I do think at some point the licensing for that also ran out. But that was a longer tale, I think. Also, I don't think any polygonal Dom Toretto in that one. No, if I remember correctly, that was just Ludacris talking to you. Right. There wasn't even a polygonal Ludacris. It was just him as a narrator. How the hell is this game still $40 with a $30 season pass on Steam? Family. If no one pays attention to your store page, you never have to update the price. Holy cow. $70 for a deluxe edition. No wonder this thing is, is moving. 40 bucks. 40 bucks. How much does family mean to you? <laughs> 40 bucks. I don't got 40 bucks. I got Holy family. C- wow. Wow. I was, I went to go look up there and be like, maybe I'll go pick it up. But not for forty bucks. Maybe for ten. This yeah, is, this for, dude, yeah, I was no, thinking is, fifteen. This is not a novelty impulse purchase. No, I was like, ah, oh, I should get a copy of this before it's gone, and like never to be seen the light of day if again. It, because if, if it came out on disc, I bet you could find a very cheap disc copy. I'm not sure that it did though. Man, maybe I'll go check some of the other marketplaces. But forty, forty. I was really expecting this thing to be like down to like six ninety nine or something. And, you know, I wonder also in the contract of like if the game doesn't meet these benchmarks then we have the right to say take this license elsewhere to go have someone else make a fast and furious game you know yeah and then there's because there's market confusion i assume i'm speculating but if there are two fast and the furious games on the market you probably want the bad one off yes and 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 so all right here you go fast and furious crossroads for the playstation 4 disc copy 16 dollars 92 cents now now we're talking now how much would you pay i would pay 16 4.99 Four ninety nine. I would pay the sixteen dollars uh, just to say I own a piece of history. Uh, this could break. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to another story here. Um, Last story. It's not a story. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't have even put this in here. News. Gematsu reported that Sony filed a trademark for NAC in Japan in the last couple of weeks. Okay. It probably means nothing. <laughs> Trademarks probably have to be renewed. Yes. I I got to go. 
It was I just, just I gotta ex- go. It was just an excuse to say the word nag. However, back. Yeah. in the same story, they also <laughs> reported <laughs> that Bandai Namco in Japan has filed a trademark for something called Stacky Basket. Now that now, okay, now you have my attention. Stacky Basket. I want Nax Stacky Na- Basket. Nackies, Nackies, Snacky, <laughs> Stacky Basket. Or, or, or Stacky Casket? Stacky, stacky, stacky Basket is absolutely going to be a mobile game. I'm calling it right now. Uh, Nack. They should not make more Nack is my extremely cold take. Probably not. They should not make a new Nack until the PS6, and then I want to see what they could do with Nack on the PS6. Like, I want to see what a PlayStation 6 Nack would look like. Also, Stacky, maybe they're good. Maybe Namco is getting rid of Fast and Furious and replacing it with like Dominic Toretto's Stacky Baskets. Uh, yes, it's all, every, about, it's all about family. It's uh, Easter. All, it's an all Easter owners game. of Fast and Furious Crossroads will receive a complimentary copy of Stacky Basket. <laughs> what is Stacky the Basket? Stacky Basket. That's my Dominic Toretto, by the it's way. Not it's not bad. It's honestly not bad. You could do a better one than I can. I don't have the timber yeah. for it. Hmm. Which, uh, it's 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 mixing in with Judge Dredd in a way. I was going to say is, there's yeah. more than a little Stallone in there. I am the basket. Man, um, they really fucked up not getting Stallone to play Dom's dad in that franchise, right? Who did they get? Was he has he not been in a Fast and Furious movie? Well, so Dom's dead is, uh, dad is dead in the oh. canon, but he, oh, it doesn't mean anything. You can do a flashback. Well, the only time they ever flash back to him was in the last movie. And it was like when Dom was a teenager. So at that point, like current Stallone, little old for that part. But I don't they flash back to him in the earlier movies, but they don't show his head like kind of Muppet Baby style of like, no, because then you'd need a young Dominic Toretto. I don't think I've ever seen that. Yeah, I don't remember. I think they did not actually show young Dom Toretto okay. until the last movie. But you're, I, I'm just shocked he hasn't been in one somewhere. Yeah. Uh, like a, like a, some other like mechanic or race car driver. Oh, Stallone Stallone looks good for his age. I think he could do it. He could, yeah, he could he pull could it off. It. He could do it. Or or Alex, it's a Fast and Furious movie. The movie ten minutes into the movie, Dom is like, "You mean my dad's not dead?" Yeah. Cut, cut to cut to like them in Argentina, where his dad has been like hanging out. You know, being like. You know, the whole thing. And now the dad has to take him on. The dad's in debt. He's going to get killed. They have to do one last gig for somebody because the, the whole Argentinian government is coming after them. And listen, do I have to write this whole thing? Do I need to even keep going? You I, get it. I think they're ahead of you at this point because I think there, there's only two of those movies left. So if they're going to do it, now's the time. Make the splash. Get Stallone on board. It's He is running. He is, he is on Mars somewhere. Don't That's bring back did. John Cena. We don't need him. Is, was he the brother? He was the brother in the last one. He's I don't hate John Cena or anything. He was just not very good in that movie. I, I assume he doesn't die at the end of the other one, so I'm going to assume by the end of it, they are back together friends, and so they're going to go visit the dad. His home planet needed him. <laughs> you can't see me teleport mm-hmm. out of there. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the news. I guess keep an eye out for Knack. Uh, you, you, or you don't. Never know. Whatever. Knack's, Knack's back. There will not be uh, another knack. Uh, wow, you heard we, it here first. There will never be another knack. Oh, don't say that. What about that's how we're who, that's how we summon it into existence? We talked about in the game section. We had uh, Kirby: The Forgotten Land, Weird West, Ghostwire Tokyo, Lost Judgment. Uh, uh, what's the name of the, the expansion? Uh, the, the Kaito Files. The Kaito Files. And some tunic. Minor spoilers in the tunic section. Again, minor. If, if, 
minor spoilers, some mechanical spoilers in there. But um, remember, if you're using the uh, the chapter markers there, it's probably too late and you just flipped your computer over. But uh, if you're on the ad version, could be off. Uh, and then the news. And now is where I say thank you to everyone for supporting us. Mm-hmm. Thanks for everybody for coming out here and listening to this here podcast. We do appreciate it. We have a Patreon that makes uh, uh, supporting us real easy. You go over to that Patreon, find a tier that's right for you, sign up, and bamo, podcast happens. You want to t- you want to time codes that are always accurate? Literally any <laughs> tier on the Don't Patreon. Re- don't make promises uh, th- that we hope are accurate. That, uh, that, that ads that, won't at least <laughs> knock it off balance. That's right. Active. The best chance of being accurate. Supposedly that FFmpeg podcast chapter bug got fixed upstream. There you go. I, upstream. I look forward to that propagating to my favorite package managers in three to six months. Um, yeah, you can go over to the Patreon, find a tier that's right for you. Uh, in addition to supporting us wherever else you listen and watch. There is a tier over on the Patreon called the Mysterious Benefactor tier, and that tier gets a shout-out on this podcast, and I'm going to go down and read those Mysterious Benefactors right now, starting with Lerganas, No One, Vinny's Giant Booga Boogas, Nelson LeBlanc, James Smith, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Jack Eineker, Nick Donegan, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, JM, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejke, Conrad Kuzman, Robert Fisher, John McGinnis, hashtag Bunny Crimes, Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Jad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Bacon Monk, Chris Barkhurst, Anders Booga, Anders Booga, mm-hmm. Devin Maestro Hall, Brian Murphy, Kevin Velado, Randy Duax, Mark Allenbach, Aaron Gonzalez Beer, Andrew Tiebkin, It's Me JP, Edward Cheek, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Richard Welsh, aka Hired Noobs, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. Thank you to all our mysterious benefactors, and thank you to all our patrons, and thank you to everyone who has supported us over. What is almost the entire year. God, it has been almost a year, hasn't it? Almost a year. We appreciate it. You make it all possible. Things like us beating the trials of Scrap Mechanic. Hell yeah. For now, until they patch another 10 in in a month or so. They said it couldn't be done, and we did it. Boy. So you can go check that that stream. That's survival mode, though. Yes, that's, they say that can't be done, and that, we can't. That survival mode was, man, like those challenges were fun, but man, the survival mode is really something. Um, and then the, creative, the creative mode is where, that's oh, creative Oh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah, creative. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was not survival, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, so creative mode's where it's at. Uh, we've got that going on. we got a patron's choice um, stream coming up, so look for a poll. Uh, either up or going up soon by the time this podcast is up. Check that out. Vote. Use your votes wisely, uh, and uh, we'll be streaming on Friday. Uh, what do we got going on, on Thursday? Mm, it, it left, it left little, my head. Perhaps a little Alexi Quest? Oh, yes, Alexi Quest. Yes, we're going uh, yes, to go. You, now that you have learned the shocking truth about the kit. <gasps> yes, that's right. I forgot about that. 
join us for that. We have a Planorama going up on Friday as well, where you can check out uh, not only the audio version of that, but a video version as we go through what feels like a shrinking release cycle uh, as we barrel towards the end of the year. But, you know, there are still games and we cover them in the Planorama. We got the Ramblecast up and you're listening to this year, the Next Lander podcast. Boy, a mouthful. Mm -hmm. Look at all that stuff. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Thank you, Brad. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Benny. Let's hope that, fingers crossed, let's hope that recording is great on uh, Brad on your... Uh, Prayers on your, up for Brad's yeah, recording. That's oh, right. I We're think. see. You still see waveforms? Garage bands don't fail me now. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate it. Be good out there. And we'll be back next week. See ya. <laughs>